This is Corolla Digital. This is Reasonable Doubt with your hosts, Mark Garrigus and Adam Corolla. Yeah, get it on. Got to get on the church. We're going to mandate. Get it on and welcome to Reasonable Doubt, the best hour or so in the universe. I'm Adam Corolla. That's Mark. Hard out, soft taco, Garagos in New York City with a lot H-O-S-T. on this line. That's H-O-S-T. Right. I'm, yeah, I haven't sat at this desk. I was just complimenting Gary for the setup here. I've used it all day long, in court, out of court, the whole thing. It's been great. He's the best, except for when he's setting up a sling box at Trump Tower when I was doing Celebrity Apprentice. Then to be clear, when I was setting it up, it worked. It was when I left the building that it stopped working. It wasn't left the building. It was left my room. Oh. You were still I didn't have cell service until waiting, I got out to the street. You were waiting for an elevator, and I wasn't getting. So I had to watch a lot of uh, college, female college volleyball late night uh, when I got home from the shoot. That was a, premi- that was a premonition for Natalia. What are you That's complaining right. about? That's right. A precursor. Right? So what are you thinking about, Mark? Well, you know, there's a couple of things. I I will get into the common news in a second. When I say common news, may, mainstream. There, you know, our friend Harmy um, uh, Dylan, who uh, Adam and I uh, have had on several times, is now running for the chairmanship, chairpersonship, chairwomanship. Mm-hmm. I guess. It would be chairperson because pillow guy is also in the running besides the other. But for those who don't know, Harmi uh, has is of the Sikh faith, mm-hmm. and there has been, and she's making a a push. I I think she's now at this point the odds-on favorite to become the RNC chairwoman. Wasn't she just uh, endorsed by the founder of Home Depot? Yeah, mm. yeah. I mean, she's she's and she's running around the country both virtually and otherwise uh getting a uh, meeting with republican delegates and things like that and whether you agree with her or not she's a heck of a lawyer and uh I've co-counseled with her and I just think the world of her so this just aggravates the heck out of me Gary can kind of set it up. There's been a whisper campaign for less uh, lack of a better term. Gary, you want to pull up, put up something and then show this reported yesterday and today it's kind of gone viral. Uh, yeah, one second. I'm going to have to figure out uh, sharing it on Zoom, but just give me one second here and I'll put up the article. Well, so basically, basically, she's of the Sikh faith. But some people might remember, I think she spoke at the 2016 uh, Republican National Convention. And now, if you can believe it, I mean, you would think in 2023, we would be past this. But now the whisper campaign is about her Sikh faith, if you can believe that. Who Who is pu- pushing that out there? I would. Well, you know, you hate to ever attribute it, but there it goes. The it's It really is roiling the campaign. I mean, it's gotten quite a bit of traction out there. Is her. it being put out there by folks she's running against? Apparently uh, supporters of the people she's running against. Not uh-huh. It It is. I, and I have no idea. Look, I know her to be 
super competent. I, I know her to be charming. We we spoke for quite some time at Tenny's wedding in the backyard. I think I spoke with her and her husband. I think she'd knitted him a tuxedo to wear. <laughs> so he, he, was, he was scratching himself the whole time. So he wasn't really paying attention. But uh, I'm a big fan of competence. And uh, she's competent. And she thinks clearly. And uh, I've never heard her talk where I've went, I don't know what she's talking about, or that doesn't make sense, or boy, she's got a 10-cent brain. She's uh, very competent and very bright, and I don't know why there's no such thing as running for something without some sort of ethnic angle on everything. There's, you know, if you're white, then you're racist. If you're black and you're Republican, then you're an Uncle Tom. Like, it's, 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 it's ugly. It, it's kind of, I feel like it's beneath us to getting into people's cultures and religions and things like that. And yet it doesn't stop. It, it and it and it Not only just picks it up. Stop, yeah. it, I mean, I I just remember back. Um, you know, I think the the nine eleven when people didn't understand Sikhs and just automatically, you know, kind of the the low IQ types would associate Sikh with this or that. And I mean, they, and then then it's kind of like a pinball in their brain of uh, of uh, fallacies, and it's just awful because. If you take a look, and I don't care what what your political ideology is, I circle back to what you say. I respect people who have game. I mean, you know, she's got intellectual game. She's got lawyer game. I I uh, I've seen it. And what everything else is not just a distraction. Just from a logic or reason standpoint, it's a fallacy. It's it's a non sequitur. It's a deflection. Yeah, I, I agree. And it's also sort of like, you know, uh, Charles Lindbergh and Henry Ford were anti-Semitic. OK, but we're not asking them to run a synagogue. We're asking them to build B-19 so we can liberate Germany or Europe, you know, we're asking them to do something. So it doesn't matter to me what you think of this culture or what culture you're in or what your sexual proclivities are. We are hiring you ostensibly to do something. And if you can do that something, meaning you can take all your plants in Dearborn, you can switch them from making Model Ts into making tanks and B-17s. If you're good at that, then that's all I really care about. It'd be nice if you were good at that and you loved Jews, but you're good at that and you hate Jews. But either way, we need to beat back the Nazis and the Japanese so Go ahead and do that job. What what we've done in this country, which is we've we've reverse engineered it. We went, uh, well, this woman is black and she's lesbian, so we like her. So let her run Chicago into the ground. That that's a re, that's a reverse of what, yeah, what I want. Can anybody explain to me how Chicago continues politically to function because uh, it doesn't function? And why there isn't any kind of a reckoning, I I just don't understand it. I mean, they, it's a place where my I've often told the story. My grandmother 
escaping the uh, across the Syrian desert through Ellis Island comes to uh, rest in Chicago. And that's where my grandfather is buried. And uh, now you're now you're looking at the place and people are getting buried every weekend, 10, 15 at a time. It's just awful. I think Chicago is kind of like L.A. and that we just sort of stay the course, you know, and um uh, we had a chance to get a mayor who was going to go a different direction, but we just we just hadn't bottomed out yet. So we just went, ah, we're not going to get Rick Caruso. We'll get Karen Bass in there, and we'll just kind of stay the course. Yeah, um, but speaking of staying the course, yes, yesterday or the day before, it's been reported, misreported, I should say, repeatedly, a young boy was killed right in front of 10E coming out of the MTA, and he's either 13 or 14. Gary might be able to find him. It's been misreported that he was shot. He wasn't shot. He was chased out of the MTA station. Apparently, it had a uh, dispute, chased by two guys, hit by a car. That wasn't good enough for whoever was chasing him. They then stabbed him right directly in front of the restaurant, um, you would think the most heavily patrolled place in Los Angeles that sure there was Metropolitan Transit Authority and LAPD on the scene. No, the security, you'll love this. The security guard that I've had to hire to uh, actually be stationed at 10 E and the security guard right 50 yards away, that Chick-fil-A had to hire because it's kind of a lawless wild west on the seventh street. Both of those security guards were the heroes who went over and attempted CPR on this poor young teenage kid. Meanwhile, the cops haven't apprehended uh, the suspect. This kid ends up dying with the Chick-fil-A security and 10 E security. And did you hear about it? Of course not, because no. nobody's covering it, because they basically want to put a lid on it, because God forbid, as I've been documenting on this podcast for years, it, it, there is complete anarchy down there. Mind you, this comes on the heel, remember, the heels of, uh, right, right down the street, another 75 yards away, we've got a target. And some fentanyl crazed psycho uh, goes in there, picks up a knife. Why there's a knife display in the target, uh, you know, is yet another question you could ask. And then also goes after, I think it was a young teenage girl. And you you say to yourself, really, this is this is. This is civilization. This is what's happening. And of course, it doesn't get reported because if you reported it, it would be, you know, people might clamor and say, what the hell's going on? You know, when it's teenage kids, you have to say to yourself, you're going to blame them. Right. Yeah. The other thing, as long as we're bashing on L.A., uh, I notice after the uh, people always say to me, uh, you know, what's L.A. like? And my joke is potholes and a-holes. But after the kind of torrential rains we've had, I noticed the potholes big time. Now, I don't know if it's the rain exposing them. It also exacerbates the problem. But we have the worst roads in the United States in Los Angeles, the place where we do the most driving and have the least public transportation and 
pay the most in gases and the most in state taxes. It's insane what is happening. And it never snows. And it never snows. That's what I'm sitting here in New York, and, and, and I was just thinking the exact same thing. I give you know you you can read certain things and think that New York is um, a hellhole, but I'll tell you the city Manhattan is sure is sure light years ahead of where downtown is. And by the way, I think downtown can be turned around. It's just as you say, it's disappointing that we just decide we're going to stay the course and do what we have been doing because it certainly doesn't seem to be working. Not at all. And listen, I, you know, what I was thinking about is I was piling over potholes in my SUV with uh, the big tires on them. Um, if you're on a Vespa scooter, you'd be eating shit every 10 feet in this city. And number one, if you catch one of those big, I mean, some of those things on PCH, some of the things off of the 110 freeway and stuff like big ass, you know, knock a filling out kind of stuff. Uh, but the thing I thought about is L.A. is probably the number one city for custom rims. Like everybody who gets themselves a Denali, uh, a Cadillac a SUV, a Range Rover, and even a Lamborghini or a Porsche first move is throw on some skinny rubber band sized tires. That's the whole thing. If the thing, if your Denali came with 18 inch rims, you got to toss some 22s on there. And if it came with 60 series tires, you got to toss some 30 series tires. It is a rubber band. It must be the number one dinged rim city on the planet. I, I will open the globe to this because, um, I would reckon that a, a place like Dubai has a lot of custom cars with a lot of custom rims, but they probably have flawless roads in Dubai, and you can get away with it. This is the worst city in the United States to put custom rims on your vehicle, and it's also the number one city for custom rims. You know, it's very interesting that you know, you toggle between Malibu and La Canada. And the Malibu, I know exactly what you're talking about of Malibu because I was on the um, – PCH the other day, and I, I, I'm with you. It was just horrendous. But then you go to La Cunada, and I swear, they repaved the roads and then kind of top it off. I mean, there's always – you don't get any potholes on the residential no. streets there. I mean, it's a, they're pristine I, I, in terms of the streets there. And I don't understand because you would assume that both of them have the same tax base. What is it – what makes it different – Maybe it's probably state versus local would be my guess because La Cunada is light years ahead of downtown LA. I get up on that Wilshire off ramp and you have to, you, besides having to avoid the homeless encampment off of Wilshire, then when you turn, when you turn and uh, you, you then have to watch the potholes. And if you miss the pothole, you're going to hit some guy who's on a bird, who's got <laughs> carrying his tent uh, down <laughs> screaming at the uh, the sky. Uh, all right. Well, what's going on in the world? What do you... Well, there's, I'll give you a couple of things today that I thought were interesting. You know, the... Uh, uh, the... the uh, you and I have talked about the classified documents at Mar-a-Lago more than three times on this. And I have taken the position, much to the chagrin of my friends who tend to want to pile on 
Um, I've taken the position that the president is a different category. He's not above the law, but when you're talking about classified documents, the president is different because the president is the one, presumably, that you have classifications for so that he can get information on a need-to-know basis and that this idea of prosecuting the president, I think you have to take a deep breath. And I've, I've said that to you repeatedly, right, uh, yes. on, the, on this. And I've taken a lot of blowback for that. Well, guess what? In the last week, we find out that our current president, who happens to be a Democrat, um, found classified documents at his think tank. And it happened to be November 2nd, which was, if you look at a calendar, appears to be before the midterms, correct? Right. Now, you know, I'm going to just, as I always use this example, there's 365 days on the calendar and you find it on November 2nd. Is it just a coincidence that we don't hear about it until after the midterms or was this suppressed? I don't know. I just think it's an interesting thought exercise. Then yesterday they find out or reveal, they may be found out before, that there's also classified documents in the garage. Do you remember, and I and I say this um, as a from my prism as a criminal defense lawyer, because I'm an equal opportunity defender. I just as I was saying when people were mocking Marlago, and I think I said to you, Adam, well, it's not like he doesn't have any security there. He's got Secret Service. He's the former president. He is going to run again. I'm going to think that you know they can they can make fun of Marlago. It's a a door that's not secured. This or that. And now all of a sudden, President Biden's got it in his garage, classified documents. And we have to uh, now we've got a special counsel. So now we've got dueling special counsel. We've got Mr. Her for Biden. We got Mr. Smith for uh, Mar-Lago. Be careful what you wish for, because when your ox gets gored, then you're going to be standing out there saying, well, wait a second. And I've already heard it. And Gary, do you have the press secretary's um, statement? Well, I, what you have to do is you're taking pretty much an apples to apples situation. Unfortunately, Biden does a hit on 60 Minutes where he explains how he couldn't understand how anyone would take home class classified documents and how it puts us all in dangers with names and sources and all. You know, of course, he then he and all the major news outlets go on a victory lap of just how irresponsible this is. All the ladies from The View, this is dangerous. It's irresponsible. We can't have this. Our guy would never do this kind of thing. It takes about 10 minutes and boom, your your guy does it. And now you have to figure out how to spin that. And so the new spin is that our guy did it, but our guy's cooperating the other guy did it, and the other guy wasn't cooperating, so that makes our guy better. I will play the clip, I guess. As the president said, he takes classified information and materials seriously. And as we have said, we have cooperated from the moment we informed the archives that a small number of documents were found, and we will continue to cooperate. We have cooperated closely with the Justice Department throughout its review, and we will continue that cooperation 
with the special counsel, we are confident that a thorough review will show that these documents were inadvertently misplaced and the president and his lawyers acted promptly upon discovering of this mistake. I wonder, did they take a picture of when they found the classified documents and lay them out and then show that whether it said classified on the thing? And then I watched a, a news report, probably from MSNBC, where they actually had a graphic up and the graphic was like the differences. Right. The cooperation, obstruction, limited number. Blah, blah, blah. Well, you know what? I'd like to do my own graphic. Garage. Uh, not garage. Uh, <laughs> November 2nd, we cooperated immediately. Well, somehow we missed the midterm elections. Uh, you know, the. I, it's just, I. this is why when you jump on this bandwagon of prosecute, prosecute, indict, indict, you better be careful that your own house is uh, in order before you go down that road. Well, also, they do this thing, I remember after Mar-a-Lago, where they'd go, the FBI wouldn't raid a residence unless it was really important. Like, there's no way the FBI would do this unless it was something very serious. And it's like, have you guys not watched TV for the last several years, they're raiding everybody for nothing now. They're showing up at people's houses who never went to the Capitol on January 6th and kicking the door open. So uh, that the argument of the FBI wouldn't be raiding if it wasn't important, that's now off the table for me. The other thing that's interesting as the the script gets flipped is um now that the republicans are in charge they want to investigate the fbi and the democrats are going insane because these are fine upstanding law enforcement officials leave them alone let them protect us there's no reason but the thing is this if you investigate You know, if Jim Jordan investigates the FBI and there's no there there, they're not going to throw him in jail. They're going to say there's nothing found. There's nothing there's nothing here. I mean, they spent three and a half years on Trump. They didn't find anything with the Russian collusion. And that was that. I mean, it uh, it screwed up. And we have uh, we have the we have the MSNBC explanation that. Oh, they have. Gary is so good. Yeah, Gary. In fact, there are at least five key differences between Joe Biden and Donald Trump when it comes to their handling of classified documents. Five of them, which I'll tell you in 60 seconds. Start the clock. Stop right now. Number one, the president is capable of declassifying anything he wants. The vice president isn't. That is game, set, match to me. You are... You are confiscating classified documents from Trump's Mar-a-Lago place, except for Trump has the ability to declassify anything he wants. Now, Joe Biden does not have that ability. So declassified documents can be declassified documents on Trump's whim. That's a that's a pretty big argument. We'll see if he covers that one. I'll tell you in 60 seconds. 
start the clock. Number one, the different reactions. Biden said he was surprised to learn that the documents were in that old office and his lawyers immediately turned the files over to the National Archives. Exactly what you should do. Trump knew he had the documents, said they were his, said they should be returned to him. In fact, ridiculously, said that he declassified them with his mind. Biden didn't do that. Number two, the number of documents found so far. Ten total classified documents were found in the Biden office with only a portion of those marked top secret. Over 300 classified files were found at Mar-a-Lago with 60 of those labeled as top secret. Number three, the location. Biden's doctor found in a closet in a private office in Washington, D.C. Trump's were found at his home. In fact, some of them in his desk drawer. Number four, obstruction. The FBI isn't searching the White House because Biden is fully cooperating and voluntarily handed back the documents. Trump, on the other hand, had his property searched with a warrant that related to possible obstruction of justice. It took over a year for the archive to retrieve the missing files. It took a grand jury, a full statement from Trump's lawyer, surveillance footage, a subpoena, and then an FBI search to get back the damn files. And five, incitement. Trump not only didn't cooperate with the feds, but rallied against them and accused them of planting documents and attacked the judge so much that he had to go into hiding. A man later tried to shoot up an FBI office in Ohio. Biden hasn't done any of that. Uh, a lot of discussion about volume you know he had 300 this guy had a baker's he dozen only had, he only had 10 top secret this i'm gonna start making that argument my guy only robbed 10 banks you robbed 15 right my client shot five people there are guys out there that are mass murders that have shot right. 15 He's a serial killer. Is, <laughs> is, is, is volume an argument for the law? Well, you know, I know in the sentencing guidelines that if you that loss, you can have loss levels, right? You know, mm-hmm. if it's over a million, over 10 million. But at a certain point, it doesn't matter. You you exceed it. And I'm going to guess that when um, Sandy was it Sandy Berger, who was prosecuted for putting stuffing say, stuff what, down his pants, yeah, or his socks or something, and and Edward Snowden is you know hiding out in Russia. I you know I think I saw him tweet something like I should have thought of that uh, after this came up. It's just you know, and and by the way, how about Reality Winner? Remember Reality Winner? Oh, she, she, she leaked. I think she leaked and went to prison. And I made the distinction before, and I'll say it again, the president is different. And I said it with Trump, and I'll say it with Biden. And for those of you who just didn't want to listen to it, it, it it's bad pastor oil intellectually, isn't it? All right, let me hit a spot here. Fundrise, the investing team at our partner, Fundrise expects 2023 to be one of the best real estate investing environments of the last decade with rising interest rates driving down the prices of even the best assets. No wonder demand for alternative assets like real estate is exploding with McKinsey forecasting up to 1.3 trillion in alternative asset growth in the next three years. Fundrise largest direct to investor alternative investment platform in the country, managing over $6 billion in assets, including real estate, all managed in one house. Am I right, Gary? You are right. More than 1.5 million Fundrise users are now in a position to take advantage of this unique investing environment. Are you? Visit Fundrise.com slash doubt to join them in minutes. That's F-U-N-D-R-I-S-E dot com slash D-O-U-B-T. This is a Fundrise advertisement and not a compensated testimonial or endorsement. Past performance is not indicative of future results. All investments can lead to loss. All right. Well, there is a... Yeah. All right. So here's the the moral of the story, kids. 
both sides do everything they accuse the other side of doing. So do not bend yourself into pretzels uh, trying to protect your side because your side is doing the same thing their side is doing and their side is doing the same thing your side is doing. And you look foolish when you try to defend that, when you make arguments like, yeah, they were classified, but not as many and things of uh, that nature. Then you just or if you're like uh, Hank Johnson, uh, Representative (laughs) Hank Johnson, who's suggesting the stuff may have been planted. Um, you're going to look foolish trying to um, bend yourself into the into that shape. Once in a into while, that you, intellectual pretzel, you're going to end up with mustard on you. Right. So once in a while, you just have to go. Yep, that was wrong when he did it. It's wrong when our guy did it. And uh, I would like to have some. I'd like to be respected intellectually, so I'm not going to look like a fool trying trying this thing. You know, I it was funny. I said to I said to Dr. Drew when he was saying to me the other day, what's going on? Nobody can ever just take their foot off the accelerator and go, yeah, well, that was wrong. Our guy shouldn't have, shouldn't have done that. And now they all look foolish. And I said, let me give you a, a metaphor in where I would look foolish. If, if, if I said, if your wife said to you, uh, geez, I came home last night, you were asleep and, uh, you left the garage door open and you said, I didn't leave the garage door open. She said, and you said, you know, your wife said you didn't. And you said, no, no, must've been, uh, one of the kids, one of the kids did it. I didn't do it. And she said, uh, well, Jake's out of town. Jake's in New York. And you went, well, uh, then Tenny did it. And she <laughs> went, no, no, cause Tenny's out of town as well. She's in New York. And you went, uh, well, I know I didn't do it, so uh, it must have been the maid. And then she said, uh, no, the maid had the night off. And you went, hmm, uh, maybe Brady the dog. I think Brady the dog, that he could get to that button on the wall. It's up about 42 inches. Brady gets on those hind feet. All right, at a certain point, you look like an asshole, right? You're just like... Your wife is looking at you going, I, you're fucking idiot. Just admit it. Just suck it up. Just go, I came home. I fucking hit the thing. I must have missed the button. Whatever. If you're going to keep going and going and going, if you're going to do that, then of course you're going to look like the person who left the garage door open. You're going to look like a mad person. And that's kind of where we're at now. Like you, you watch the view and the view's like, uh, well, Trump did those classified documents because he's a liar and he's 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 evil and and biden i believe him because he's he's not a liar so what he did wasn't bad and it's like you just look foolish at this point you know the it gives new meaning to the expression a pox on both your houses i mean it's just it's you this is one of the the things that you we talk about all the time but the the the, it's it inevitably is going to come back to bite you when you take these positions that are outlandish. Speaking of which, I, as I'm sitting here in New York, I just saw where the Trump organization, speaking of Trump, they, they've been in a, um, a, a lawsuit here in the city, I believe brought by the Manhattan DA's office, in which they used Alan Weisselberg, I think is his name, who was the longtime CPA. 
They got him to plead. They got him to uh, testify. And they got a conviction against the Trump organization. Do you know what the penalty was after this multi-year, multi-week trial? Hmm. They fined Trump's organization 800 grand and they find his payroll company 800 grand for the whopping total of 1.6 million and what do you think the investigation uh, cost i do you want to know what i'm thinking susan nicholas who tried this case who i know and i think the world of who's a wonderful lawyer and she tried it for the trump organization i'm gonna bet you that she charged more than that she'll kill me for saying that but the investigation itself I, it's got to have cost 10 times that. And by the way, you know what's amazing? That was the maximum. That was the maximum of what they could get was the the judge gave them the max. Um, so 800 and 800. That, that was that only a public entity could make the calculation that that was worth it. Yeah, that's what we talk about all the time. If you live in the private sector, you have to make decisions and you would never make that decision. How can you make that decision? I mean, you know, speaking of that, I um, I'm in New York. And the reason is because I was in St. Louis yesterday and I had the case I've talked about with you on more than one occasion of the poor young man, um, Keenan, who was suicidal, went into the woods, the the uh, dog handler this guy ellison follows him into the woods the kid tells the mom called the cops right yeah the mom called 911 said you know my kid's suicidal he took my boyfriend's gun i think he's gonna kill himself or harm himself the cop shows up cops show up they track him into the woods they find him by the river and he yells show your hands and if you believe the cop he turns around and puts the gun to his head. When the cop says, show your hands, cop then says, drop your gun, says it three times. As he starts to drop the gun, three shots, two of them uh, immediately kill this poor 17-year-old despondent kid. So mind you, first gets dismissed on a motion to dismiss. I go to the Eighth Circuit back in 2019. We get it reversed in a published decision. We then do discovery I actually get a pathologist to say in a deposition, he would examine this, one of the foremost pathologists, Cyril Wecht, one of the foremost pathologists in the world, who says that based on the shots, it does not make any sense that the kid was pointing the gun at the cops. Because, you know, that's what the cop's story is, that it would end. So on cross, the... um, the city lawyer. Wait a minute. Did his gun ever discharge the kids? No, no. No. And I'd like to point out that there were three cops there and only one fired. Yeah. Uh-huh. Which is, so I'm arguing this. So the judge dismisses it again uh, at the district court level. And once again, this time, instead of in Arkansas for the court of appeal, I'm in the St. Louis. It's a federal district. It's the federal circuit court, eighth circuit. And I'm arguing there yesterday, and I'm demonstrating to the judge, and I'm making the argument. And the the poor poor lawyer for the the city gets up and starts arguing basically that 
the there is no factual dispute. That's the issue. Is there a factual dispute so that I can get a trial on this case so that jurors can make the decision, not a judge? And the 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 she says she actually says to the judge of the three judges, well, he said it was anatomically possible for him to have fired the gun, meaning he put it to his for like his temple like this, right? Right. And what uh, and they said, is it anatomically possible? He says, yeah, I suppose if he shot here, he could have gone like this, do you know, pointed point. at the cop. Yeah, it, highly unlikely. And she said, right. well, that resolves the factual dispute. And you should have seen these three judges as they're looking at her. I, I wish, you know, you don't have videotape in federal court, although it was live streamed. But the I, it was astonishing to me, just astonishing that that that's the lengths to which you'll go to to protect it. And mind you, this is a cop. I mentioned this, too. Um, this guy has killed numerous people including, and he's also killed dogs. I mean, this guy's had like 17 excessive force incidents. Really? Yeah, he's a menace. And the, uh, and he's now employed as a uh, state trooper uh, in Arkansas. He's just, and and what, you know, what do you do? I, you'll remember the Shaver case. It just funded uh, day before yesterday, the uh, final uh, 8 million on that. But, that took six years, a battle going up to the Ninth Circuit. And back. Who, you know, who can afford to fight these things when all you run up against? Nobody's going to nobody can pay to do it by the hour. It's got to be a contingency lawyer. And who's going to fight it when, you know, you could um, you could make a living a, any other way. And I, it's just beyond frustrating to me, just beyond frustrating. And I'm hopeful the Eighth Circuit, and I'm confident they will, will do the right thing. Well, I don't want to go out on a frustrating note, but uh, do not hold your breath for the DOJ to get involved with that Shaver case. Uh, The worst police shooting in history and the DOJ, not interested. So yeah, it's it's astonishing. Yeah, to me. Well, it's not astonishing to me if you not if you know how the government works. White guy took a bullet from a white guy. Not a thing. Worst shooting. It is the worst shooting you will ever see, ever. And the DOJ not interested. All right. You can go to AdamCroll.com and check me and John Popper out next weekend in Dallas doing uh, shows there. John's playing all the hits. I'm doing all the stand-up. We'll be there. Where are you going? Uh, we're going to leave on the 19th or the 20th, uh, Dallas. Probably the 19th. Yeah, 19th. Something, something like that. But look out, Mark, because uh, we're going to West Palm Beach, Florida in February, and then we're going Ooh, to Baltimore. The, I hear the pretzel rolls are great down in Baltimore. <laughs> yeah, just eat the baked skin part if you're if you're clinging to a low-carb diet. Uh, <laughs> we're going to be in Naples on uh, March 24th. <laughs> That's the greatest day of my life. And just go to adamcarolla.com for all the info. Mark, what do you got? <laughs> the pretzel rolls. I got. I'm just. I'm checking out because I'm gonna. I'm gonna. If you're in New York City, come by Dirty Taco or Prova or Love Pizza in Times Square. Uh, if you're in uh, Palm Springs, go by Gigi's in uh, the uh, San Clemente area. Stop by Casa Tropicana and go down to Pierside and have a have a, a pint. So, till next time, Adam Crolla for Mark Hardout, Soft Taco, Garrigo, Sam. 
Mahalo. Thanks for listening to Reasonable Doubt. Tune in next Saturday for an all-new episode. This is Corolla Digital. All month long on Pluto TV, stream the biggest Tyler Perry movies free. Watch your favorites like Medea's Witness Protection and Medea's Big Happy Family. Join Tyler Perry as he goes on a couples retreat with Sharon Leal in Why Did I Get Married? Or Idris Elba and Gabrielle Union in the Tyler Perry directed film Daddy's Little Girls. Plus, Pluto TV has hundreds of channels with thousands more movies and TV shows available on live and on demand. Download the free Pluto TV app on all your favorite devices and start streaming now. Pluto TV. Drop in, watch free. Hello, everyone. This is Mike. And this is Gibby. And we're the hosts of the True Crime All the Time Unsolved podcast. If you haven't already, we'd love to invite you to come check us out. Starting in January of 2017, we've amassed over 230 episodes of some of the most intriguing unsolved cases in true crime history. We cover some of the very big unsolved cases, but we also like to cover some of the lesser known cases, some that you may have never heard of. We dive into the details. We talk about the victims, their life, the circumstances around their disappearance or murder and we cover the potential suspects and persons of interest we try to give you all the known facts you need to satisfy your amateur detective we like to think that we don't take ourselves all that seriously but we take true crime very seriously you can listen to true crime all the time unsolved now on podcast one apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts you know you want to